You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, this is Mike with the FinFans Podcast. Each week we come to you, we bring you our opinions on what's going on within the Dolphins organization. Uh, we uh, shoot straight, we, we don't BS anyone, and uh, here we go. And here we are again, Lewis. Yes, we are. We're uh, we're a duo tonight, not a trio, not a what, what do you call four people? <laughs> Quintuplet. I don't know. Quintuplet. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're a duo tonight. Everybody else has abandoned uh, abandoned us for the evening. Yeah, so. we had something else scheduled for tonight, but we'll we'll table that. It'll it'll be fine another week. Sure. Uh, there's some things to talk about, Lewis. Uh, Ndamukong Sue uh, admits he was a bit of a bad apple uh, while here. No. I know, right? Not him. Yeah, I am. With his reputation, there's no way that guy could ever be a bad apple. With all the money they paid him, I don't know how he could have been, but he wasn't He wasn't happy. <laughs> he had he had issues, and uh, you know he aired them, and, and he aired them directly, and, and maybe not with a lot of tact and... Uh, and self-reflecting, he realizes that that uh, he was basically a bad influence and alienated some teammates and what have you. Uh, mm-hmm. And then when Gase came in, he didn't get along with Gase, and and we all know how Gase is. You know, he's he's uh, <laughs> he's not easy to get along with, uh, from what we can tell. Yeah, a lot of guys had problems with him over the uh, couple of years he was here. I mean, that seemed to be um, an issue and in among New York. a lot of guys. And right? in New York. And so. in New York, right. Same situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, interesting. Yeah. It is interesting. You know, I was always I was always against that signing because of the amount of money involved. And, uh, you know, they expected Sue to do things that he just was not capable of doing. And that was basically elevating the entire defense. And, you know, he, he was not... And Aaron Donald, who who you know just destroys offensive lines, you know. I mean, Sue's a great player, true, but he's not the type of player that's going to elevate the whole team. He's a good complementary piece, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, when they signed him, we we were all excited about the signing, but um, you know, people don't realize what comes from that type of signing. I was and, not excited uh, about that signing. <laughs> right. Oh, but there were a lot of people. Oh, yes. I, I'm yes. not saying you specifically, yeah. Mike, but yeah, there were a lot of people. I mean, I was in between on it. I mean, I loved the, you know, the talent that we were getting. You know, he was going into his prime and he had that nasty ass attitude about him, you know, stepping on quarterbacks' heads, you know, that type of stuff. You know, we like that. You know, as yeah, a, well, as long we as nobody's like, seriously hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he ever seriously hurt anybody, but you know, you hate that guy when he plays for the other team, but when he's playing for your team, that's when it's fun. You know, that's when you like to see guys. Like, if you're a Raider fan, you loved all that shit. Well, that we had Brian Cox. Day, How do we right? feel about him? Exactly. We love the guy. Plain and simple. You know, we everybody likes those type of players as long as they're on your team. If they play against you, then you hate them. Yep. So once we got them, you know, I was excited about that. You know, the money situation I thought was like crazy. Well, that's the part that that turned me against the deal. Right. I mean, you know, it, it sort of straps you. It uh, it doesn't allow it you. Crushes to, your um, depth is what it does. Exactly. And he and he's got to warrant that money, right? And he never did. You know, that's the bottom line. Um, it was it was a mistake on our part. Um, he came here. He wasn't overly productive. Um, 
you know, he didn't do what we expected him to do. And, you know, I don't, I don't know what circumstances were in regard to his coaching staffs. You know, Gase, as we just mentioned, you know, had issues with a lot of different guys because he wanted things done his way. And, um, you know, Sue, according to that article that you're talking about, just didn't agree with their philosophies. And um, instead of uh, maybe handling it a different in a different manner, he just shut it down, right? And just basically did whatever he wanted to do. And I guess took some guys on board, you know, that were on his side of the situation. And it creates divide. And we saw it. You know, we we were looking at the defense and saying, they can't be that bad, can they? Uh, but they were. I mean, you know, I remember teams rushing. I remember a Detroit game specifically, Mike, where they came in here with an average team and ran for like 160 or 180 yards on us. It was yep. insane. Yep. They ran all over us. And, um, you know, it was disappointing. Now we understand what the situation was. You had guys that were not on the same page, um, a, complete, a complete contrast as to what we see now you know, in regard to our defense and what we saw in regard to the production from our defense and a good coaching staff and everybody being on the same page and buying into what the coaches are selling. Um, you know, what were we, top, top six, Mike? We were yeah. sixth in the NFL in defense last year? And points uh, against. Points against. And and that's all that really matters when it's all said and done, right? You know, as, the, as far as I'm the, concerned. The amount of points that you're giving up. Yeah. And uh, to be sixth in a 32-team league, I mean, that's pretty damn good. Um, consider, and then you throw in the fact as to where we came from, even more so um, a, a positive thing. So with all that being said, um, you know, it is what it is. You know, that's that's a part of history, Dolphin history, that, that wasn't really a, a good situation, and we're past that. And hopefully um, – you know, we'll we'll uh, we'll have a, a even more solid season from from our defense this year, which I'm expecting, and I think you are too. The only thing that I fear, Lewis, is is with the you know uh, sending Van Noy out of here and and, and Lawson out of here. Um, you wonder if it if if the defense doesn't start off fast, if some players won't be grumbling about that. Right, and McCain. You yep. know, another veteran. Yep. I mean, yep. you did lose a few guys that have been in the league quite a bit. So there's three guys that, that are not going to be here. Now, uh, Van Oy did miss a handful of games last year, and they were still pretty successful without him on the field. They did a pretty good job without him. Um, I believe McCain missed a little bit of time too, didn't he, at some point? I'm not 100%. Not that I recall, that. though. I don't know. Well, he missed a few plays in a game, right? Let's go with that. Uh, I'm sure he has. <laughs> so, well, the one game specifically when he was out for three plays and Kansas City burnt us on a long touchdown. But yep. the thing is this, is that, yeah, you are you are missing three pieces of that puzzle that, was, that, were, that, that were all there last year. But uh, the pieces that you replaced them with are going to be solid football players, in my opinion. I think that um, – when it's all said and done, they're going to be upgrades across the board, and it's going to make our defense that much better. I mean, you're getting our young pass rusher in Phillips, right? Yep. You're getting a, a McKenney who's been in the league a few years, and he's an outstanding linebacker. And then you're getting the best safety coming out of the draft last year. Um, so, you know, there, it, it's got to be a positive thing as far as I'm concerned. As long as these guys are healthy, I think they're going to be upgrades – at every turn. 
Well, you hope so, right? I mean, that's you know that's why you have an off season, right, to improve your club and and uh, make decisions that are going to make your team better. Absolutely, we hope that's what they've done. Yep, and the guys that are returning can improve as well. You know, the Van Ginkles of the world, those type of guys. Baker's right. on the contract now, right. so um, you know Wilkins, you expect improvement from. So you know those guys should be that much better as well. Well, you know, if we're going to have a successful season, I don't think there's any doubt the defense is going to have to lead the way, at least early. So it's important that they do hit the ground running and uh, allow the offense some time to gel and and, uh, figure out what they're doing well and, and, you know, being able to game plan accordingly. Right. Absolutely. Uh, There was a a, uh, study by uh, Pro Football Focus that, uh, determined that the Dolphins were the second most unique coverage team in 2020. Hmm. You know, everybody knows how, how the defense had that turnaround last year. Uh, they basically went uh, in 19, they were 32nd in points allowed, and, and, and in 20, they were sixth. Yeah. I mean, that's that we just talked about that. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's quite impressive. And, uh, you know, they, they talk about, you know, their unique use uh, of, coverage zero and coverage one behind it because they were doing things behind it that made them unique other teams were not doing right uh so they were the second most unique team behind the rams so and that's good because that makes it tough to game plan against you you know when you don't know what's coming is real tough to game plan absolutely and you know xavian howard and jones our two corners give us the ability to do just that which is why it's critical they come to some sort of an agreement with Howard. Right. At least I think so. I mean, other people may have a different opinion of that. Well, I mean, people do, Mike. I mean, from things that I've read, you know, in regard to Dolphin fans. Did you have something else to say before I, you know? No, go ahead. Say it. Okay. So, uh, you know, you read people, you know, the comments that people uh, post and whatnot. And, um, you know, the thing is this, is that, yeah, great. Trade him. He's a selfish guy. You know, he, you know, he, he's he's not thinking about the team. Let's get more draft picks. And um, you know, draft picks are not necessarily the answer. Okay, you get two more draft picks. You see how these things unfold. You see how number one picks have unfolded over the years. They're hit and miss. There's no guarantees there. They and, are you know, hit and miss. That's exactly right. And statistics tell you that. Absolutely. History tells us that, right? I mean, you know, you look at drafts year in and year out, you can go back, you know, two, three years now and and go through the number one picks in the first round and you'll be like, Jesus, where is this guy? Okay. I'd never heard of this guy. Whatever happened to him? Oh yeah. This guy was a complete failure. Now that, you know, obviously there are hits, but there's a ton of misses as well. So it's about 50, 50 in the first round. Exactly. So when you read these comments, and they talk about let's pick up draft picks and so on and so forth. Um, you know, it, it, you're giving up a lot of talent for possibilities. And, and I, I'm not in agreement with that. I don't agree with the way things are being handled in regard to the contract and all that. And we've talked about this a couple times over the last few weeks. But, you know, it's not our money. You know, the Dolphin fans should not look at it that way. Uh, these guys... They need to get as much money as they can over a short career, and that's what they're doing. And it's there's a lot of ego involved on top of that. 
we talked about the fact that he's not even the highest paid corner on it, on his own team, let alone in the league. And um, that has well, something. I mean, think about it, Lewis. If, if you're the best salesman at your firm, mm-hmm. right? You have yep. the best numbers month after month after month, right? Right. And they hire another salesman that's making more than you, and he doesn't produce the way you're producing. How are you going to feel about that? Absolutely. I mean, I agree with that, Mike, but when you sign a contract, which he just did, that these these are possibilities. Yes, the market the, is going to climb. Right, in the future. I mean, and if you're not presented that by your agent, then that's that's your problem. Because when I sit down with my agent and I'm looking at this thing going forward, okay, Mm-hmm. And that's what you always have to look at as well. It's not in the present. It's also going forward and where the league is going. And it's up to his agent and the people that represent him to present that to him and uh, to him and say, hey, X-Man, here's the situation. You know, this is what the Dolphins are yeah, willing to pay you. We expect the cap to go up 10% next year, 10% the year after, blah, blah, blah. And, you're, you know, his salary has to go up according to that cap escalation. Right. And these are the guys that are going to be available. And this is probably the projections, you know, in regard to money that they're going to be getting. Now, are you comfortable with signing this contract? That's it. Now, if they didn't do that, if they didn't do their homework, then that's on him and his agents. Well, he okay? fired his agent. It, well, there you go. Okay, so that's on him. You know, those those are decisions that they made. So, yes, you can go back and forth with this in a million different ways, but the bottom line is is that it's got to be solved. The Dolphins and him have to come to some kind of middle ground, which we've already talked about, because it's going to hurt the team. I, I don't want to see the guy leave. I don't necessarily agree with everything that's going on, but if I had a choice and I was the Dolphins, then I'd be doing whatever I had to to keep them here because, as I mentioned, you know, draft picks are not necessarily the answer. The here and now is right now, okay? You know, the team changes every single year, and right now you've got your defense top six last year. I think they're going to be even better this year. You subtract X-Man from that equation – and you add a couple of future draft picks, doesn't help us right now. Will it help us three, four years down the line? Maybe. But right now, your defense is in a position to be maybe one of the best, if not the best in the league. So you've got to keep that team intact. Flores labeled it as a unique situation. I think it really is. Howard is the best player on your team. Right. Uh, If it was Marino, nobody would be saying, don't give him more money. They would be saying, pay the man. Um, And I think you have to have the same attitude with Howard. And generally, I'm not. Generally, you know, you signed a deal, you live with it. But in this particular case, I think the player is right. I honestly do. They should never have signed Jones to more money. And if they were going to, they should have known that it was going to be a problem for Howard. How could it not? Exactly. So oh, you t- made the team made their bed. They they got they got to pay the, they got to pay him. I, I don't see any other way this gets solved. Right. I agree. Listen, I I understand both sides of this thing. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, I think that uh, you know the organization is trying to better themselves, but as you mentioned, you know how is he going to feel? Now, listen. The the other factor, Mike, that we haven't talked about quite yet is the fact that. He was coming off of an injury last year, so we didn't know what we were getting out of him. 
Well, that, we, that that's how he is, you know. That that's right. obvious. But but what I'm saying is is that if he didn't have ten interceptions last year and he had half of those, he had five, okay? Mm-hmm. And he had an average season last year. You know, would we even be in this position? No. So when the Dolphins signed Jones, they were hoping that he was going to be the X man. Right. That you know, and, and Mike, I'll be honest with you, he went above and beyond what we have seen out of him in years past. Um, he, he had a, a season that a cornerback dreams of, and in today's NFL. You just don't see it because teams just completely avoid a guy on one side. Right. They, they don't right. even throw at him. Right. So, you know, with all that being said, you know, and again, you know, I'm going back to we can go back and forth with this in a million different ways. You know, the team didn't know what to expect out of him coming off of an injury, and he just excelled to the extreme, and now they're going to have to pay the price for it. It's that simple. Yep. I think it kind of is. You know, if they don't, somebody will. Well, and, yeah, of course. I mean, let, look, let me let me go ahead, Mike. No, finish. I, and then I was I'll just going to say it, that's how it ends. I mean, it either ends with him getting more money, or it ends with him demanding a trade, or it ends with him playing on the team and being a divisive influence. Right. Okay. So now, with that being said, if it comes to a situation to where um, they they have to trade him, that you know, they're not going to pay him, so on and so forth. What What is what is the proper compensation for him, in your opinion? I would think at minimum, a couple of number ones. Okay, gotcha. A minimum. At minimum, maybe a player. Right, because we've seen in the past guys in the same situation like Ramsey a couple of years ago with Jacksonville, mm-hmm. they did get two number ones, correct? Yep, yep, right. I believe so. So I think Xavier is – you know, right on par there. Now, um, I like bringing a player back as well, a quality player back. Um, you know, but but again, you know, the draft picks, you're getting two number ones, great. Um, at some point, with all these number one draft picks that we've had over the, ne- the last couple of years, there comes a point to where they all have to be re-signed. And they're all going to have to be resigned over a couple year period because we have right. an overabundance of them. Right, and um, that creates a problem. So well, you, you keep the cream of the crop is basically what happens. <laughs> yeah, but there, Mike. You know, if we keep adding all these number ones over a couple year period, there's a lot of cream of the crop. You know, you hope uh, you would hope so, right? Because if you don't sign these guys, then they were a failure. Which is going back to my first point to where you're trading for guys that may not necessarily work out, right? Okay, but yes. But, you know, the reason you go after all those picks in quantity is because you know they're all not going to work out. In other words, you know, the more stabs you have at, at it, the better your chances of hitting it, right? Mm-hmm. So that that's what they're hoping for, you know. You, you don't take all these number one picks to thinking that you're going to nail all of them. I just don't think you do that. I don't think that's realistic. Well, I mean – if I'm going into a draft, Mike, I'm drafting with that mindset. I'm not drafting with the mindset that right. Uh, no, you know no, what? of course. A couple and of you're, these you're guys take- are going to fail. You know, I, you know, I, I you know, we're we're just going to throw three, four drafts. You're taking players that you believe in, but that things are out of your control. You know, things are just out of your control. Sometimes they just don't work out. Mm-hmm. They, uh, you know, they're in a unique situation. Um, in regard to the amount of number one picks that they've had and going forward. 
Uh, I haven't seen a team with this many number one picks over a short period of time in a good while. I can't remember one. Um, so I think the Jets are in pretty good position. Yeah, I, I mean, overall, Mike, in regard to number ones, I'm not talking about the whole draft at, in, in a whole because I know the Jets do have quite a few, but the Dolphins. Well, I think they over, do going forward, too, if I'm not mistaken. This three, four-year period, it's an extreme. Uh, and, you know, you add two more to that. It's a lot over three, four-year period. And, and um, uh, Mayfield and Chubb and, and those guys in Cleveland, I think, were high, were high draft picks in a short period of time. I, th- I think they, they had an abundance of picks. They did. I think it was a two-year period where yeah. they had a few, yeah. too. But, um, you know, we're talking about next year we have how many? We have one next year, two the year after. Two the following year, and we had two this past year and three the year before. So that's a total of eight over well, four years. We, we, we had now. two next year. We traded one back to move up for uh, Waddle. Right, right. But I'm saying over the four-year period, eight number ones. It's pretty yep. good. Yep. It's a pretty good amount over a four-year period. Well, so, you lost some pretty good players for that, you know? So. Yes. Yep, absolutely. So, you know, with all that being said, I think that he has to stay on this football team. It's, it's the here and now, right now. You know, you've got your rookie quarterback going into his second season. So we've got two more years before we have to start negotiating with him, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, obviously Gasicki and a lot of guys, their contracts are up this year. So you just don't know what this team is going to look like going into next season. You just don't know. Well, you know I what mean, they say, they can't sign everybody. So, they, you know, does Gasicki get re-signed? Or, right. or do they decide that he's going to be a financial casualty, you know? Absolutely. You got Fuller. You got Parker. I'm almost certain Preston is done after this season, if I'm I not mistaken. So. I think so. So, yeah, you've got you've got a lot a lot of uh, decisions to yeah. be made. They did so, resign Baker, which helps on that end of the ball. Yep. On the defensive side, absolutely. I think that Flores – is a defensive guy, and he wants 11 solid football players out there on every single down, in every single situation. I agree with Flores there because if you have a liability, the other team's going to find it. Yep, absolutely. And and I think (laughs) they're going to find it when you least want them to, Lou. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that he has put that defense together in, in a very good way. And I'll tell you what, you know, I love the moves uh, in the offseason. I think, you know, they're going to excel. I've said it over and over again. Um, you know, we just got to concern ourselves with the other side because there's a ton of question marks across the board, you know. A lot of new faces. Well, there's a projection today by uh, Pro Football Focus, speaking of the other side, Right. That uh, talks about passing yardage. And, and I got to be honest, I looked at this and I said, I don't know about all this. But uh, they have Justin Herbert with uh, projected 4,675 yards. They have Joe Burrow with 4,537 yards. And they have Tua with 4,522 yards. Now, I'm not saying it can't happen, but that seems a little bit high in my mind. For Tua. Yes. So... They have him projected about 100 yards, throwing for 100 yards less than Herbert. Yeah, 150-something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
I, yeah, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I, I don't know if they're factoring in, I don't know how they come to that. I don't know if they factor in the additions, um, the subtractions from each team, you know, the team. I, I, I have guess no they idea. have to, right? But, you know, you would think I so. I mean, they, they do their statistical analysis on college uh, players as well. Okay. So it's not like they don't know who's coming in, you know, for each team. Right. Uh, but, you know, I mean, to me, uh, you know, they've ranked our offensive line pretty poorly last year, and and not a lot has changed, at least thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, how do they take that into consideration, you know, do, or do they? I really don't know how they come to their conclusions, but 4,522 yards to me seems a bit high. Uh, I do think they'd like to run the ball a little bit. You know, I don't think they're going to be a team that comes down and passes 40 times each week. Yeah, which... Which which, which you, Herbert's probably going to be doing, you know. Herbert and Burrow probably, yep. you know. Yep. Burrow aired it out quite a bit, and he's got. <laughs> well, he's, he's got, got some, some. He's got yeah weapons. He's got some pretty damn good receivers. I mean, I I don't know, Mike. I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know how they come to that number. It's all projected, and I'm sure they throw everything in a computer. You know the how the offensive line rates the receivers. You know what they expect out of each one, so on and so forth. But you know, inevitably, this comes down to Tua, right? And um, well, you know, and, and the and the surrounding cast and the surrounding. Yeah, but uh, let, let's just talk about the three quarterbacks, okay? Uh-huh. And what we saw out of the three of them last well, we, year. We all, we all know that we don't we don't compare favorably. No, I mean I. I if you were to throw out what we saw last if we if you throw out what we saw last year right, we, right. you know the three guys and I don't see the separation being 150 yards over the course of the year right now from what I saw out of the three quarterbacks and I'll just leave it at that um you know can it happen well yeah absolutely you know it's it's different surroundings I'm just talking about the quarterbacks in general and what I saw out of the three of them and if Tua is separated by only 150 yards um, by the end of the season, then we got to be ecstatic about that. Is that, in my opinion, going to happen? No, I have doubts about that. But yardage does not mean shit to me, Mike. Um, no, I know. You that. know, and and it you know and and it means nothing. Winning football games is what we care about. Now you can so, throw for 120 yards. If we end up with the win, we're happy. We're happy. Now, do we need him to play better than he did? Absolutely. We can't have him going out and throwing for 150 yards and not no, making I, plays. I, I do believe he's going to play better. Right. Uh, I've said this before. I, I I don't see any way he doesn't get better. Right. If he if he throws, what I'm saying, Mike, is that if he throws for 150 yards and he's playing well, I could care less about the amount of yardage. I care about how he's playing and managing our football team. The yardage doesn't mean anything. Look, I, I remember, also- you know, we had games with Marino where he threw for 180 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and we won the game. Right. And then we saw him throw for 450 yards. And lose. And lose. It, right. Didn't he throw for damn near 500 yards against the Jets and we lost yeah. up in New York yeah, that one that game? Four, that four, 51-45 uh, game. Thanks for bringing that up. Exactly. Well, it is what it is. Um, you know, the point <laughs> is, is that yardage doesn't mean shit, you know, in my eyes. You know, it's a matter of him throwing touchdown passes at time or making plays at times when we need him to make plays. That's and, it. 
And I don't think he's ever going to be a Joe Burrow or a Herbert, you know, from what I saw last year. But as long as he wins his football games, that's all that matters. No, I think he's going to be throwing quick slants to Waddle and and things like that. I think they're going to be looking for explosive plays, but not necessarily bombs all the time, you know? Right. I don't think he's going to throw the amount of deep passes that maybe Burrow and Herbert throw. Uh, But... Hopefully, these coordinators that that are basically rookie coordinators know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. That's all we can hope for. That's right? the part that makes me nervous more than anything, you know, because the, these coaches, I mean, they, they have experience, but they don't have experience doing what they've asked them to do on the pro level. So, right. You know, we have to see how that that because. Two guys working together. I mean, it can work if they if they really mesh and they have their. Uh, responsibilities divided but in unison if that makes sense yeah absolutely then things can work but it, it has not been done very often on the nfl level and, and probably for a good reason it's a very difficult thing to do oh absolutely because i, I don't care who you are mike um it's very difficult to sit there and get along over the course of a football season, the amount of hours that you spend with each other and you're trying to accomplish the same thing, you're not going to agree on a, on on situations and maybe players involved and everything. I, I think it brings up a very interesting, um, that, that's a really good point that you brought up because it's a very difficult thing, right? The, what is the divorce rate? In, in in this country, <laughs> right? AI, right? It's People pretty love each other, right? Exactly. And you know that you know that that's a woman and a man. You know, you you put two men and you put, you know, in the same room and you know, who's the alpha, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's just the way it is. That's just the way life is. So um I'll tell you what, I mean, hopefully these guys are really, really good friends because it, it, it's you know it's tough you know there's well, going to be a know, lot you, of pressure you're going to have your shouting matches and that's fine but you've got to come to a conclusion that works best for the team and that's that's the challenge right right and 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 i and i do understand what you're saying totally it is a big question mark uh you know the personnel you know the offensive line as you mentioned there's question marks uh, you know we've got to hope that a lot of guys improve you know past that you know we've got players at skill positions now that that on paper you know some of them have proved it in the past some of them have proved it in college which doesn't mean anything in the pros but you you know you can expect good things out of waddle um you know fuller's done it um you know he's proven himself as well in between his injuries and his suspension so they do have playmakers on that offense right now so you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, thing once they put it all together. Well, I have a question for you. Sure. Um, I know generally you don't like your star players to return punts because we've had this conversation before. I remember we had it with Jarvis Landry. Right. And I'm pretty sure we had it before that, maybe as far back as Clayton. Uh, but uh, Waddle is coming in as, as maybe one of the best college football return men last year. Do you think this team is going to use him in that regard? Do you think he's going to be the uh, kickoff and punt returner? Uh, I, if it was up to me, I'd say no. Okay, Uh, let's go back to preseason a few years back with with McMillan, right? Right. Now I don't know if that injury affected 
the type of football player he, you know he was going to become going forward. He got hurt on special teams in a preseason game. You don't want to see that. Not at, not at, not from a guy that's in the top 10. Now, here's the trade-off, Mike. Um, in today's NFL, kickoffs. Okay, we put them out there on kickoffs. Most of the kickoffs go through the end zone anyway, right? Right. Um, it's, they've got it to a science now. If this guy is that good, he's never going to see the ball anyway. Okay. If he does from time to time, I don't, I don't feel that the trade-off is worth it. Now he can get hurt on any given play, but on punt returns, same situation. If he's out on the field, you know, they're going to try and kick it out of bounds or kick it away from him, whatever the case may be, if he is in fact that good. And these guys, he's the type of player, Mike, that is going to go full throttle. It's just that simple. That's the type of player he is. So, you know, do we want him out there in that situation, and is it worth it? Is the trade-off worth it for him to maybe get, you know, an opportunity here or there? Now, if you're behind late in the game and you need some kind of boost and you want to put him out there, absolutely. You know, hey, you know what? We we can – God, let's get it. Let's try and get a quick score, or we need a you know change in field position. Absolutely, but for him to do you know to re, to be returning kicks and punts, I don't necessarily agree with it because you've invested quite a bit in him, and um, so you wouldn't uh, want to see it full time. But in certain circumstances, you'd be okay. With in it. certain circumstances, yes, where the trade off might you know, might somewhat be worth it, but for him to be out there returning punts and kicks over the course of the game, you know, I just don't know. I really don't know. I mean, unless he's Billy White shoes Johnson and he can Well, he, he was compared to Devin Hester, which is not a bad comparison. Not at all. You know, not at all. And uh, the guy who did the comparison said, look, I don't expect him to be Devin Hester, but he has that potential. Well, Mike, we don't want him to be Devin Hester. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Hester was a great return guy, not so good a wide right, receiver. Right. So I don't think well, we no, drafted he's, him. He's, he's, not, he's not saying that. What he's, he's saying, saying as is, a return person. Yes, right. as a return player, he has that potential. Um, and, and his wording was he has the ability to impact two parts of the game. Yes, I and I get that. And I and I honestly get I do get it. But special teams nowadays, they have it down to a science. I mean, they look at these things, they're like – all right, you know, we've got to kick. If you're going to punt, you got to punt the ball to the left side. You got to try and get it out of bounds. They don't just sit back there and just have Ray Guy punting the ball 50, 60 yards anymore. That. You know, they, they do so much in, in regard to film work. And well, you, you still make it tougher for the punter, though, because now he's, you know, he's playing the sideline and, and he's doing things that are more difficult kicks. Right. I, agreed. I totally agree. But again, you know, we don't want to be in a situation to where we get this guy hurt and we lose what you know our investment there. And again, he can get hurt on any given well, play. That's it. But you know. you're putting him out there, and um, you know, in in other situations, and special teams. As far as I'm concerned, I think more guys. Well, it used to be this way. I don't know since they changed things, but. My God, and that's the reason they did change it to begin with, is because so many guys were getting injured on special teams. You know, in regard to that's that's uh, true. You know, so uh, you got guys coming down a hundred miles an hour on punts and whatnot. I don't want to see it. I just don't. 
I mean, unless this guy is just extraordinary, Mike, to where he can return five or six punts for touchdowns. Well, maybe cut punts and kickoffs combined. You know, you get five. Right. Uh, That'd be great. I you mean, know, that's it. You got to make your choices. I mean, you know, we missed the playoffs by one game last year. Maybe that maybe that return is the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. So you've got to make that decision carefully. Um, and I'm not saying they should or shouldn't. I, I think, you know, you've got Igbenogany who can return kicks. You've got Grant who can return kicks. There's other players on the team that can return kicks. Now, the question is, what are you leaving on the bench when you put Grant out there? What are you leaving on the bench when you put Igbenogany out there? Right. You know, and that's what they have to decide. You know, how much better would he be than these other players, assuming Grant even makes the team? Agreed. I mean, listen, I you know, I look at the Dolphins – and you know, there are times where they're on offense and I see Gasicki sitting on the sidelines. And yep. to me, you know, he's a guy when you're needing points that has to be on the field in certain situations. And there were times last year where he wasn't. Now, I don't know what their thought process was in regard to that. But back to your point in regard to, yes, having the best possible guys on the field I think there comes a point, Mike, to where if you've got this guy playing 100% of your offensive snaps, which is what you want out of him, or at least at, at least way up there percentage-wise, right? I mean, no nobody can play every single down because they do come out, you know, right. from time and be to other, time. You may have two tight ends in on a particular play yes. and less receivers or what have you. But if you have him out there for the majority of your plays on offense, uh, which you want out of your number one pick, then, you know, you turn around and you throw him out there on punts and kickoffs. He's out there for a lot of plays. So we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, it's interesting. I wouldn't do it, you know, unless he, he proves to where every time he touches the ball, he's bringing it to the house. Right. Then you've got a situation where, you know what, we've got to put this guy on the field. If he's that extraordinary, then so be it. But if he's not, then – you know, Grant's on the football team. He's more than capable. Yep. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's why the coaches make the big bucks, right? Yep. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add today, Lewis? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. I mean, we, we made, uh, we made a show here. We talked about kind of sort of, kind of sort of. I hope everybody enjoyed it. I mean, you know, we, there's so many things that we can talk about, but you know, uh, it's just that time of year where things are slow, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, you know, and, and a lot of the things we've already discussed. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's the stuff that's out there right now. It's it's a dead period, and, you know, these things keep coming up. And, you know, I pay attention to the page here and there whenever I have time. And all of these things have been discussed. So, yep. you know, on the page. So, you know what? If they're on the page, and that means people are interested, so – if we have to revert back to a few, you know, a few um, uh, different subjects that we've discussed already, then so be it. You and know? I, I realize that not everybody listens to every show, and you know, there are going to be things that maybe we discussed that they hadn't heard before. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing I do want to say sure. is I, I find people believing everything they read. Right, right. And you've got to be careful with that because everybody's an expert today. Right. And there are people on Twitter tweeting things, you know, and they have no knowledge that, that is apparent to anybody. You know, they're claiming they're with the NFL, they're an NFL writer, or columnist or whatever. 
Right. And, uh, you know, they don't have a blue check mark by their account. They, you know, they, you read their profile, you can see they're a fan and they're not a columnist, you know, that, that that's affiliated with anybody worth, uh, uh, the credentials that they're trying to display. Right. So the point I'm trying to make is you gotta be careful. If you see a tweet that looks like it's a really relevant breaking story and you don't recognize the name, you might want to do a Google search and, 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 and see what's going on because, a lot of times it's BS and people fall for it. And you, you got to make sure that what you're what you're reading, you're believing, and you're spreading is true. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've I've fell into that hole quite a few times, and um, it's not hard to do. You know, it no because you know you you're reading something and you're like, okay, well, this has got to be coming from a reliable source. And Mike, sometimes even when it comes from a reliable source, it's, it's all horseshit. I mean, you know, you, you look at things, right. And right, but if Adam Schefter says something, I'm oh, going to yes. think that there's a pretty good chance it's true. Well, yes, in that circumstance. Yes. But I'm talking about even some of the beat writers and stuff like that. Some of the things right. that they come up with, it's like they never develop. You know, they they talk about this before the draft and that, and, oh, the Dolphins are definitely doing that. And then they go in the complete opposite direction. Well, that's because they're fed stuff that isn't necessarily uh, true. Uh, you know, the team feeds them things because this, that's the word they want out there. Right. You know, before the draft, I'm talking about. Yes. So, you know, a lot of that is uh, camouflage for what they're really trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that, that goes with the territory, you know, what's the writer going to do? He's obviously going to report what he's being told. So, you know, Mike, when it's all said and done, we all voice our opinions, right? You know, we right. voiced our opinion on Xavier and Howard. We right. don't know. We don't know what's going on of behind course. the scenes. I mean, they, they we're going to be, we're going to be wrong. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that, but exactly. we're, we're giving opinions. We're not stating things as fact. Absolutely. I'm not telling you for a them fact, fact right. that that uh, Howard's going to be signed, right? Because exactly. I can't. I don't have that knowledge, you know. Right. And if I did, I would say it. But the problem is, a lot of people say things when they don't have the knowledge either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all we all think that we know everything, and none of us do. I mean, that's why I say, in my opinion, a lot of the times because it's my opinion, and you know, I don't base it on anything I read. I try to avoid all that i base it on what i see well and, you know and you're in a position lewis i don't mean to cut you off but you're in a position where you're seeing these athletes all the time right and you hear things and you're told things and and you keep a lot of that to yourself right why do you do that <laughs> I, I do it to protect the players number of course one. and number two uh, you know, regardless of whether it's coming from the players or not, it's still an opinion on their part. You know, I mean, I've, I, Mike, I talk to every player, football guy I run into in regard to Tua, and they all have different opinions. They all have different input right. on him. And the same goes with the team in general. You know, it always reverts back to the Dolphins. Um, anytime I sit there, because I'm curious, you know, I, I want to know what their thoughts are, guys that played in the NFL, guys that have coached these guys, guys that have sat next to them, uh, you know, all their opinions on coaches, so on and so forth, because they they have a lot more knowledge. They played the football game, and I try to take as much as I can from them, you know, and and 
But as far as like quoting the things that they say, yeah, I don't do it because, you know, I, you protect them. You don't want say, you know, I don't want to go out there and say, Hey, look, you know, this is what such and such said. And then next thing you know, it's out there all over the place. And then, you know, the player, you know, that, that I spoke to gets pissed off about it. And then that's it. You know, the conversations or whatever he may share will not happen again. And you don't want to ever get a reputation in regard to doing that. But the thing of the matter is, is this, is that we can all just by watching and, and understanding the, the business and the game of football, we can all basically without the influence of anybody else, anybody's articles, anything else, we can all basically form our own opinion. And that's what I try to do. I try to not have any influence from any of it. You know, I just base it upon what I see and, well, and, course, and my understanding right. of everything. But a lot I of mean, people don't do that, Mike. No, but of, you know, you you and I we we have an extensive history with football. Okay, so we are going to form our our own opinions. You and I may argue about them back and forth, you know, but we're going to form our own opinions. Yes, and something somebody says is probably not going to sway my opinion. Exactly. Okay, unless they show me something that I didn't consider, and I realize I may have been wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and that happens, but. You know, bottom line is I'm usually pretty steadfast in my opinions, as are you, and that's fine. We we have enough knowledge to think what we think, and, and generally we both can come at it with a knowledgeable argument, and one of us will be right and one of us won't. That's just the way it goes. Or both of us may be a little right and a little wrong. That's exactly. just the way it is. Right? Exactly. There's, so. there's, there's, not, there's not anything that... Yeah, not everything is black and white. There is some gray. It, there is a lot of gray. There is yeah. a lot of gray. You know, you you and it just depends on how you look at whether the glass is half full or half empty, uh-huh. sort of thing too. So anyway, yeah. so anyway, that, that was a fun little distraction there. But uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, until then, guys, thanks for listening, Lewis. Thanks for joining me this evening. Very welcome. And uh, fins up, everybody. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. 